Hey, boppers. Grooving Movies is a podcast devoted to cult, vintage horror, exploitation, and pre-Haze Code films. Join Eddie French, Emma Tidswell, and Tom King on Grooving Movies every Monday. Can you dig it? Okay, uh, welcome to episode 15 of Movie Bong. Uh, hi. Episode 15, hi. You're not episode 15, you're Red. Um, hi, Red. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, wow, episode 15 of the podcast where we talk shit about movies and then make up our own movies. Yeah. We pitch, yeah. We pitch movies. Imaginary movies. Like movies that haven't been made or haven't been made yet. But yeah, I was going to say, but should be made. Yeah, should definitely be made. Yeah. But before then, we we chat bollocks about movies that have been made. Yes, that definitely have been made. You know, because we need a balance. Yeah, and we've seen them. Uh, And yeah... We we just watch a lot of movies, don't we? And, and this focuses us us quite a bit. This podcast now it focuses us on genre. It focuses us on sort of searching out certain movies. Yeah. And, um, I get to show you films from, from from my past, or we get to find films that we never <laughs> really would have watched ourselves. You made that sound like you went to prison, Mike. I had a dark past, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. no, no. Now, this week's episode is a rom-com special. Yeah, get out of prison um, and get into some sort of romantic situation because here we are, rom-com-ville. Maybe a prison rom-com is what the world needs. Actually, that's quite good. Maybe we should keep that for (laughs) one of our pitches. Maybe I should rewrite my pitch, actually. Yeah. I mean, well, to be fair, there is a, um, if you've ever seen I Love You, Philip Morris. I have. Um, that's a sort of gay love story set I, largely in a prison. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah. You are. And that, that, that would be, that is a rom-com. It kind of is. Yeah. It's set in prison. Is. Yeah. Top marks, Mike. Yeah. Thanks. And um, it's a good film. It's a good film, that. Yeah. I remember not being too impressed when I saw it. I'd like to see it again, though. Saw it. Oh, I watched it again. And I did. Ago. I appreciated it. it. It was good. I think it's a good, solid film. Oh, okay. Interesting. Jim Carrey and Ewan McGregor make a strange uh, but good pairing, actually. Yeah, uh, no, I, I always found, like, uh, you know, like, I don't mind straight people doing gay. But, like, right. they were very much, you know, having a go at being gay. You know, were like, oh, oh, we're being yeah, gay. Yeah. Well, uh, Do you know um, what I mean? Like, the, they're not actually acting as gay men. They're, like, yeah. straight men doing a bit, being a <laughs> the, bit gay. The recent Ideal Home, I thought was good, with Steve Coogan and yeah. Paul Rudd, both actors I love. I'm curious about this one. It's good. It's a good, uh, it's a bit sort of Little Miss Sunshine style, you know, um, nice, gentle film. But uh, there's generally great chemistry between them, and um, it's, it's very funny. I liked it. Cool. Uh, well, I definitely, I definitely need to catch that. Um, let's get into the movies that we're going to review. Uh, and I think a good place to start would be Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, this is a rather new one. Uh, a smash hit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a yeah, big film. Sort of globally. Um, it was the first big, huge Asian rom-com like this, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think there was an Asian-led movie in the 80s, the name of which escapes me. But yeah, I believe in recent memory. Mm. Uh, and I thought it was, fuck me, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, definitely something about it that just felt um, sort of fresh, but at the same time retro and sort of, um, it just had that big, glossy rom-com feel i mean it took some of the sort of curtis model with the big strand of characters and large family-based movie yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah. but 
it's but it's sort of in your face. It's glossy. It's confident. Um, it's not overly funny all the time, but there is um, a couple of characters who are particularly great and hilarious. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, like what won me over in this movie is the romance. Yeah, it's, it, it's the rom rather than the com. Yeah, I mean uh, they're very good looking people. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I mean, it's all very oh, yeah, we're good looking people. We're in love. But for the first time in a very, very long time, I believed that these characters were in love. And that doesn't really happen in a rom-com. I think a lot of times in a rom-com, you're watching two attractive Hollywood actors and you're like, oh yeah, you're both successful actors. I can see why you've landed these roles. Rather than, I totally believe that these two are in love. And that's what I got throughout the whole of Crazy Rich Asians. I believe these people were in love. I believe these characters said who they were who they say they were, like a proper film, you know? Because I think yeah. rom-coms are, can be a bit cheap and surface level. But this felt so rich. Yes. <laughs> yeah, crazy rich. Um, <laughs> it was it was very big, and I think it had a great character in uh, The Best Friend, who's played by a rapper called Antif- Antifa or something. Or, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What's yeah, her yeah. name? Whatever her name is. Um, she's fantastic in it. And I think she's one of the, the best uh, f- best friend characters in a rom-com since Carrie Fisher in When Harry Met, when Harry Met Sally. That is high praise uh, indeed. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, like a classic rom-com, which we don't, we won't dwell on too much because that's like the daddy. But uh, um, uh, yeah, she was fantastic and a standout in it, I thought. Yeah, totally. Um, any excuse uh, to see Michelle Yeoh, and I'm happy. You yes. Know, if, if Michelle Yeoh is in a movie, I am a happy bear. Yeah, yeah and there's a lot of people that this film, you might not first think appeals to you, or it looks a bit too cheesy, a bit too glossy. Uh, you know, if you just embrace the rom-com, it is, it, it, it's just really, as you say, it's, it's rich, it's lush, it's confident, it's sort of, it, it just... Yeah, it it's great. It's crazy great. <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh, it made me cry three times. Shit. Now, I've got a pretty stone-cold black dead heart. You really do. <laughs> Thanks for affirming that, Mike. Okay. Um, but every now and then, movies get to me. There's, there aren't many movies that do. Uh, on that list are, I'm sure you're aware, Mike, uh, We Bought a Zoo. Oh, yeah, God, we bought a fucking zoo. It's a firm favourite. It's a beautiful film. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's quite nice. It's all right. Uh, that that made me cry three times, and this this also made me cry three times. So, you know, it it's hitting the dizzying heights it's of on, we bought a zoo. It's on the zoo level. It's, it's in your zoo ratings. It made me feel emotion, Mike. I really can't recommend Crazy Rich Asians highly enough. How many zoos would you give it for a rom-com? How many zoos? Out oh, of, I mean... You know, oh, how many? Zo- how uh, well? Chester Zoo. <laughs> well, what's the scale? Well, I mean, it's your scale. You brought in the zoos, right? Okay. So, is it like naught to ten zoos, or is it? I mean, it's it's uh, now all I'm thinking about is another pitch with a rom com set in a zoo, but not necessarily a man falling in love with, in love with an animal. What was that movie that had? John Cleese. Fierce uh, Creatures. Yeah. It was like a lot of the cast from um, Wonder, Fish Called Wonder. Yeah, Fish Called Wonder, which was a great film. Uh, yeah, oh, I love it. And technically a sort yeah. of caper rom-com. Yeah, classic uh, rom-com. Yeah, it's like a Brit caper, crime caper, but it's a ro- I love that film. It's absolutely yeah, amazing. It and top. Kevin Klein particularly is uh, fantastic in it. I, uh, I only have like very vague memories of Fierce Creatures, like watching it on a plane. It's uh, not as good oh, as Wonder. No, it was a bit of it was a bit of a flop. It wasn't the success that Wonder was. I mean, Wonder won an Oscar. Like uh, fucking Kevin Klein won Best Supporting Actor, I think, for That's his crazy. role in one in Physical Wonder. One of the rare comedy roles that someone won an Oscar for. Uh, or he was nominated. I'm pretty sure he won. Um, but it was Best Supporting. Anyway, uh, that's a great film. Uh, Fierce Creatures, less so. But it's a zoo, and it's a sort of rom com in a zoo. So we've got there. We've we fought the prison rom com and we fought the zoo rom com. So we're on a roll. <laughs> uh, the next film we watched uh, was Mr. Wright, and I'd like to, you know, I'd like to preface this with uh, what we like to do on this podcast, which is when we do these reviews, we're trying to not 
get like uh, the most obvious choices. We're trying to come up with movies that you might have missed, movies that you might not be aware of, uh, or ones that you hopefully have seen and agree with us when we say they're great, like Mr. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think in the rom-com genre, there are a few. Um, I'll mention a few later, just before we get onto the pitches later. There's a, there's a couple more I just want to quickly mention. But then um, Mr. Right was one, I think it was released in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stumbled on it just because Sam Rockwell's in it. Yeah. And I love Sam Rockwell. Um, so... It was this and another film called Better Living Through Chemistry, which is a little bit of a rom-com, but not really. It's more of a midlife crisis film. Uh, The genre, the sort of male midlife crisis sort of uh, dark comedy, which I I would also put the film Gross Point Blank in, which Mr. Wright is quite similar to. Yes. Because it's about a hitman. Yeah, yeah. Played by Sam Rockwell, who uh, falls in love with... Anna Kendrick, or the like, sort of whirlwind romance. He meets this girl, and uh, and they I start dating. I am a little bit in love with Anna Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's pretty great. But I also like I I know of a lot of women that fucking hate her <laughs> because she's a bit like she's a bit of a, a Taylor Swift who I also love. In that she's one of those incredibly beautiful and perfect girls. Who own? Who always play the? Oh, I'm so geeky and nerdy. <laughs> oh, I'm so ugly and rubbish. Um, when you, she's literally a perfect goddess. <laughs> when, I, when I first saw her in, I think it was possibly Up in the Air, the George Clooney movie. Oh, what a um, film! Which I think is fantastic. That, that's film, Jason yeah. Reitman, right? Uh, yes, 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 yes. And this film, Mr. Wright, was written by Max. Landis, who is John Landis's son. John Landis made Blues Brothers, American Wolf in London, you know, tons of classics. Um, so, yeah, I think this, the writing of this is quite strong. Yeah. Um, Anna Kendrick goes a bit psycho, to be fair, throughout it, which is quite interesting. It's quite a dark, the humor's very dark in it. Yeah, it, it, it really takes a, a turn towards the end. And it, one thing that really impressed me was the action in this. Yes. Kind of similar to, I don't know if you've seen the movie Keanu. Yes. Recently, uh, which is a very, uh, which is at least a com. I wouldn't say it's a rom-com, but it's a com. No, it's, it's, a, a, it's a crime caper comedy, isn't it? Starring Key and Peele. And yeah. that's got some very impressive choreography and action in it. Yes. And uh, I've got similar vibes with this. It's uh, the, the final sequence, some very impressive action. Yes, it's on a, it's on a low budget and... Um you can kind of see that throughout, but then about 40 minutes in, it does turn, it does shift, and it turns into a sort of funny John Wick for the next, like, half of the film, and and I think that's really good. Um, I mentioned Gross Point Blank before, and and this and that fall in a sort of weird sub-genre, which I've always been interested in, which is the sort of uh, hitman rom-com, um, yeah. which Gross, Man, Gross Point Blank fits in, this fits in. There's a film with Mark Wahlberg called uh, The Big Hit, um, which uh, about a guy that's a hitman, but then he's like married to this woman, then he meets this other girl. But it's a proper little rom-com. Um, American Ultra, even, with um, J- Jesse Eisenberg, the, you know, the Facebook dude. Oh, right. Um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. similar. Yeah. The, um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes, uh, Barry is on the TV at the moment. Right, that's quite yeah. similar. Yeah, so there's that sort of hitman midlife that in a crisis falls in love and then um, has to sort of like yeah take on all the baddies and stuff. This movie kind of works as a, like a prequel or a companion movie to Seven Psychopaths. <laughs> Could you not see like this being like? an origin story for Sam Rockwell in Seven Psychopaths. It's a, it's a very similar role. Yes, yes, sort of. Um, and uh, I think in this, though, he really shows that he can kick ass and he dances around a lot in it, but he like do, he, he really can like move and fight and stuff. Um, and I think he should do more stuff like this because uh, he could do a proper funny-style John Wick kind of film. Yeah. Um, like... He showed it in, Char- in the Charlie's Angels film he was in early mm-hmm. on, like his sort of knife skills and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, as I was saying, uh, stumbled onto this film. There was another film, Better Living Through Chemistry, which is fantastic, midlife crisis film. But I just love Sam Rockwell, uh, and he really shines in this, and he takes on the end. There's great, like, and Tim Roth's the villain. 
Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot Tim Roth was in there. I mean, it's nice seeing them face off. Yeah, um, I mean, T- Tim Roth's one of those guys. I mean, he's fucking brilliant, great actor. Love watching him on screen. Yeah, dogs, uh, fiction. He, do, he, he does do... He kind of sloped know. that. He just sort of he's went... just a bit shit in this, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and it's not the first time he's a bit, he's a bit shit in some other stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> Ten Star recently. Um... So so, well, I think I think he thought the project where maybe he was sort of a bit relaxed, a bit a bit blasé about it. I don't know. And some some and Sam Rockwell, I think, really tried and pushed in it. So did Anna Kendrick. Um, I mean, he gets upstaged by is it Rizza? Is that how you say from the guy from? Oh Wu-Tang. yeah, Rizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's really good. He comes in at the end, and the and it's a the sort of last half hour, and he's very good. He's really good throughout the movie, I think. And I mean, I'm a big fan of Rizza, and uh, I haven't, I honestly haven't seen him act better than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he gets given a lot to do. Yeah, so it was like he's only in it for the second half of the film, but it's an interesting take on uh, the role of sort of henchmen in, in movies like that, in like action movies. Yeah. Um, and so he, because Sam Rockwell's character sort of works in the industry, like John Wick is sort of like, you know, they're all sort of, he, he kind of respects the fact that the guy works in that, but yeah. he, and then, you know, and sort of, uh, I don't want to spoil any of him, but it's, it's, I think it's just, it does some little interesting turns. Um, I think, it. I think as far as, uh, rappers turning to acting, this is one of the better results. Like this is much better than Buster Rhymes in Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> it really is. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's as good as LL Cool J in the Robin Williams movie Toys. Have you ever seen it? I think I have. It's fantastic. But that's for a whole different podcast. That's like weird fantasy. Uh, oh yeah, no, I have. Yeah, crazy. yeah definitely. Michael Gambon's in it. Your favourite. He's the. I'd villain. like to rewatch that. Actually, it's fantastic, and that we could. Do, that's a kids' film. It's a bizarre sort of Burton esque. I, I remember it watching film. it a lot as a child. I'd, I'd think, like to rewatch. I think that. it's Barry Levinson. Um, but yeah, and it's got a romantic comedy storyline in the start. So, moving on to the next movie that we watched this week, uh, let's take it back now to some classics of the rom com genre. Uh, Let's start off with um, L.A. Story. Yeah, right. So, I mean, there's a lot of rom-coms out there, and maybe L.A. Story is sort of... L.A. Story is quite a a fantasy satire sort of uh, romantic film, a personal film to Steve Martin, um, the comedian and actor. Um, It's a special... For me, it was a special film growing up that I really liked because I was I was I was really into Steve Martin movies, mm-hmm. those kind of wacky comedies. I loved uh, the Three Amigos. I loved him in um, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I absolutely love his uh, autobiography, Born Born Standing Up. Born Standing uh, Up. Yeah, I highly recommend that. It's a great it's, read. I've read it. It's a fantastic book. Um, but you know, The Jerk Man with Two Brains, and they were all sort of wacky comedies. And then it was when I saw this film. Uh, it was a film with romance and emotion. I mean, he'd done other rom-coms. He'd done Roxanne, the one where mm-hmm. he's got the long nose. That's a great little rom-com. Um, a sort of remake of Bergerac. Not the TV show. That was Stuart <laughs> Iroh to Bergerac. <laughs> Although Steve Martin in a Bergerac <laughs> remake would be fantastic. But, um, and this was just, it just had an emotional script. It had emotional music. He put pumps fucking Enya in there. Um, <laughs> but, and it's just very dreamy. And I love the narration. Uh, this film got me into, sort of got me into Shakespeare in a way. <laughs> what? what? Yeah, because he talks about Shakespeare. It's a joke that he talks about Shakespeare like died in L.A. And that's the joke in the narration. Right. And, and that made you read Shakespeare. Well, no, he, he, he says the quote in the film. He paraphrases it, says it in a sort of in a way that relates more to L.A. But then he says, uh, I think it's from Macbeth where he says life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and f- fury signifying nothing. Mm-hmm. And he says that line, and that line just stuck with me, and I, and that's my favourite Shakespeare play, but Beth, I think it's from a Beth, yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Um, and yeah, and I just, I, I, I just love the film, but I know now, looking back on it, you know, it's a bit dated, and, but it is a satire, it is very funny, and it's dreamy. I... <laughs> 
didn't have that experience. <laughs> I know. I, I get it. I mean, you're watching it like, oh, you, I think you thought you'd seen it before. Yeah, no, and I had. Um, and, you know, like, I don't hate it. And it is good. Uh, and I do think Steve Martin is uh, uh, is good at ma- making movies. He's made some, some good stuff. Yeah. I don't think this is his best. I don't think this is The Jerk. Uh, which I absolutely adore and love. Um, for me, I find his work, um, and this isn't a negative at all, similar to uh, Woody Allen's, in that they're very sort of joke-orientated, gag-orientated writers. Um, and their movies can sometimes be sort of like a string of sketches together. Uh, and I quite enjoy that. However, I think Woody Allen is a little bit more... Um, efficient at that, like getting the gags out. Um, although, you know, Woody did also touch kids. So, you know, y- y- you know, like Steve Martin isn't all bad. Well, yeah, you've got that. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, yeah, I mean, talking about rom-coms, I would say um, Annie Hall by Woody Allen is probably, I think it's just the best, I think that's the best film for me about um, romantic relationships between a man very and good. woman. It is very good. Yeah. Um, I think it's just so ahead of its time and it's fantastic. I mean, yeah, it was great. But uh, I, I can see the comparison, but I don't think Steve Martin ever really tried to be Woody Allen as much as but, Woody Allen's this big auteur director and stuff. But I do see a lot of, uh, you know, in the writing, him sort of attempting to sort of soul search and it just not being as as fulfilling as in Woody's work. I would totally agree. He's not good. He's not as good a writer as Woody Allen. I would never say that. But um he's just he's Steve Martin, you know, and he's and 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 it was the fact that he I mean Woody had had always sort of gone between that more knowing serious roles and then to the wackiness like Bananas yeah. and those films, his slapdash kind of wacky stuff. And then um, Steve had always been doing sort of wacky stuff. And, and when he did this film, it was just a little bit different for him. It was a bit more of a personal side that people saw of him because I think Woody Allen always gave more of himself within his films. Steve Martin left a lot behind because... Like or left a lot as a like a lot of proper comedians do. He he sort of, you know, there was a lot. What I'm trying to say he, there was a lot left behind there that you know he didn't give out as much, and he's a bit more yeah. of a private person, I guess. But, um, Has Steve Martin ever done any serious roles? Yes, there's a brilliant espionage thriller called The Spanish Prisoner. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't. I thought that he, I knew that he was in that, but I didn't realize that he was doing a serious role. No, he's fantastic in it. Um, and uh, there's a film about um, a thriller about a dentist called what's that? What's that drug that dentists use? Begins with an N. Oh, uh, Novocaine. Yes, yes. Helena Bonham Carter, Steve Martin, Novocaine. <laughs> That's oh, okay. an interesting film about a dentist. <laughs> um, now, going back to LA Story, I I like it, but I have to like. The plot is kind of pretty much just a series of young, beautiful women who meet Steve Martin and just happen to fall in love with him. Yeah, but and then, that's it. <laughs> yeah, but again, I would say it's heavy on the satire and everyone's having relationships. He gets it on with a young girl, Sarah Jessica Parker. She's already got a boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, her, his, his girlfriend, who he just leaves to then go out with Sarah Jessica Parker for a bit, um, is has been having an affair with his agent or manager for three years and then but all the while he's met um this english woman who's um come because she's a mutual friend of richard e grant uh classic richard e grant's there uh who yes, you is, know mike's happy well and richard appears in uh well we'll, we'll see but uh, we'll wait and see for that but uh yeah and he meets this English girl who's played by his wife, Victoria Tennant, Steve Martin's wife at that time. They'd already met in the movie All of Me with Lily Tomlin, which I don't know if you've ever seen. It's a weird supernatural comedy. Um, but uh, And so this was a sort of love letter to her. It was a love letter to L.A. And I think it's really dreamy and awesome. And, this, you know, he's talking to a big fucking road light and there's Enya playing. And, I mean, I just like it. One, one thing I thought was a bit was quite interesting was... Uh, I didn't get like any on-screen chemistry between Steve Martin and this woman who is his actual wife. 
I mean, I don't know. That's down to Stephen. To Steve, I think that's probably down to Victoria Turner's acting. Ouch. Fucking hell, Mike. Well, she wasn't in that many much stuff, and she was. She, no, I, mean, look, I love this film. Just thrown her under the bus, man. No, no, I love this film, and I Victoria, think, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Victoria, uh, no, I love this film, and I love you it's, in it. It's, it's what Mike thinks, and what Mike thinks alone. Uh, I, I knew that you would try in. Look, let's just leave it. I'm in the divorce now, anyway. So I'm on Steve. I knew that you were trying in the relationship as well. <laughs> um, look, Steve. Look, call Steve me Victoria. Team sorry, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's got loads of iconic comedy moments in this. He's, he's rolling through an art gallery on roller skates. He's filming himself with his friend. It's all wacky. Um, it's just great moments. The weather changes his life. I mean, did I mention they play Enya quite a lot? I mean, it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to the final movie we watched this week, which is uh, one of Mike's favourites. Oh, okay. We're talking romantic films. Um, so, uh, Richard E. Grant, who's just appeared in L.A. Story that we were just talking about then, mm-hmm. he's a sort of um, s- sort of love rival in that film to Steve Martin, but yep. they sort of get on. He's not not in a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But he's the lead in uh, this one, Jack and Sarah, which is uh, a British film... Uh, directed by Tim Sullivan, who's a sort of TV writer. Uh, you can sort of tell that this is a sort of... It's, a, it's not a TV movie, but it's a more of a raw uh, kind of film. I mean, I was used to watching this on TV. This is... I always... It used to be on Channel 4. I used to just watch it all the time with my mom or my family. Um, and it's a classic. Worth mentioning as well, it's on YouTube. Yes, you can watch the entirety of this film just just for free on YouTube. Um, which is always handy. Uh, this is my first time watching all of it. I'm sure I've seen bits of it in the past. It It's good. It's not what I expected it to be. It's not a classic standard rom-com. It's, if anything, it's, it, it's got a bit more drama than com. Yeah, I mean, you could call it romantic comedy drama. Um it's it's very sad um and it's about rebuilding your life again and it's about finding romance again but what a cast we've oh. got dench 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 uh, two denches dench, dench no that's the song that me and my friends made up a long time ago oh well i'm glad that you've referenced that for the listeners yeah yeah home. yeah no it goes dame judy dench 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 dame judy but um it'll be a rave thing uh, so, so it's basically yeah. donk, but you've replaced donk with dench. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, dench. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are idiots. Put a dench on it. People are idiots. They'll lap it up. Uh, so you've got other dames in this. You've got Dame Judy Dench. You've got Dame Eileen Atkins. Mm-hmm. Two powerhouses. You've got Dame Ian McKellen. <laughs> yes, yes. Who lives in a skip in this film. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> and if you're sat there at home going like, Really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's a charmish sort of actorish sort of I don't know old posh tramp that lives at a um, a skip, uh, but he's a sort of side character that sort of pops on into it. But it, it it's about Jack uh, being a single dad basically and mm-hmm. um, having to connect with his child after losing losing his wife, and um, yeah. yeah. It still gets me. I think it's emotional. The acting, Richard, uh, is fantastic. He meets uh, an American girl comes into his life, played by Samantha Mathis, who was in, uh, who played Princess in the Super Mario movie. <laughs> um, what a film! So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she could have been big, but uh, yeah. So I, I love this film. It's a firm favorite, and it, it, it's a bit of a weepy, but. Um, I think Richard E. Grant is phenomenal in this. I think this is uh, possibly... Ooh, now, aside from his most recent effort... Um, can you... F- can you, f- can you ever me. forgive me? I think this is the best I've seen him. What about With Nail and I? I think that is good, but I think this is stronger because... Whoa! Uh, he really carries the movie. He does, doesn't he? In Jack and Sarah. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's a supporting actor in With Nell and I. But in this, he really is the central lead. Um, and not just a comedic lead, he's 
uh, a lead in a dramatic sense. Yeah. Um, you know, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting here. The, and yeah. I feel like this role is normally given to someone a little bit bigger, or at least... Um, or no, or rather... I'm kind of just annoyed that he didn't get more roles like this afterwards. Yes, yes. I mean, the emotional bits are really sad and you really feel like he just... Um, and when he's talking about things he remembers about his wife and the loss of her, mm-hmm. um, and he just, I don't know. I mean, they, they pump the music behind it. They just make it really emotional. Um and talking about music in this film, it's a very 90s soundtrack. Yeah, it's very Mike Milling's record collection. Oh, you've got your Lighthouse family. You've got uh, Stars by Simply Red twice in the movie. Because <laughs> um, they clearly couldn't afford the rights for two of his songs. <laughs> yeah, well, at this time, Simply Red, a.k.a. Mick Hocknell, was hot shit. Um, <laughs> you... Look a bit like Mick Hucknall. Yeah, is this a, oh is this a conscious style choice? No, no. It's just something that I've had to live with. And then, or nowadays I get called Ed Sheeran or something or whatever. I always got Ron Weasley. Yeah, yeah. I got that a lot. Yeah, well. Anyway, get back to the music <laughs> of the movie. Um, yeah, it's so 90s. It's a little time capsule of 90s, this film. Um, and yeah, I just love it. But like... Yeah, I don't know what you thought. Think it, well, you've just told me actually quite a lot of what you thought. No, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy it. It sometimes feels like this movie was made for Richard E. Grant. Like, I can't envisage another actor doing this role. And similar to Crazy Rich Asians, I really believe in him uh, as, as that role. And, I, and I, I love that in a rom-com, when you really believe in the characters. Yeah. Or any film, really. <laughs> yeah, and this is the perfect sort of Sunday night film or um, just, yeah, it's heartwarming, but it's sad. And uh, it is generally funny. There are moments with Ian McKellen and, and Richard E. Grant that do still make me laugh after all the times I've watched it. But it is a bit heavy on the drama, I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a weepy. Pack the tissues. It is heavy on the drama, but, like, I think that makes the romance sing a little just like in crazy rich asians the uh it, it's not the the comedy that makes the film fly it's the romance uh the that really you know uh impresses you and then the, the comedy is just like a, a nice bonus yeah 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 um so yeah watch it it's on youtube yeah for free um if you want a bit of like richard e grant uh top of his game time being an actor, acting, uh, watch it, and yeah. And I'm pretty sure you can rent uh, Crazy Rich Asians on YouTube. Probably, yeah, 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 yeah. So just uh, watch all those films that we know, just mentioned. Do that. Um, there's a few others I should have said, like a couple of rom coms that I really rate. There's a rom com uh, called Truth About Cats and Dogs, starring uh-huh. Janine Garofalo and um, Uma Thurman, um, and the British guy Ben Chapman, which is a great little film. Um, and I think Janine Garofalo could have done more films like that. I don't know. She had it was that and uh, her role in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion that I always loved it's growing a great up. Great film, yeah. Um, so and and a, a Simon Pegg comedy rom com called Man Up as well, starring Lake Bell. Um, and he's in Run by Run Fat Boy Run as well, which is another great rom com Sunday afternoon. Honorable mention from me. Yeah. I quite like. Uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Yes, yes, yes. And With I suppose you could... Will Ferrell, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. I suppose that's a little bit heavy on the drama as well. Yeah, and fantasy. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, really good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, because it goes a bit being John Malkovich at times, doesn't it? It's a bit odd, that sort of weirdness slightly. Yeah, I mean, and but like, I mean, but, but the cast of that film is unbelievable. And yeah. I don't understand why it's not mentioned more. Uh, like you've got Queen Latifah, Emma Thompson, Dustin Hoffman, yeah. and then like even one of like a very small bit part is uh, Buster from Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, it's yeah. a goodie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Emma Thompson features in a lot of great rom coms in the fucking Richard Curtis universe, which I'll talk more about in in my pitches maybe. Anyway, let's stop twatting on about movies that have been made and get to the ones that have not. Uh, We're going to start our pitches next. 
Uh, okay. Rom-com it up, baby. Uh, we're starting with my pitch. We are. Uh, you know, I found this one tricky. It is tricky. We were just discussing before. I mean, rom-coms sort of... The genius for them is in the detail. It's in the writing. It's in the funny things that happen. It's in the Um, chemistry. Yes, totally, totally. Between the characters. Yeah, Sleepless in Seattle. Hanks and, uh, Hanks and, what's her name? Ryan. Oh, yeah. I mean, chemistry. And they barely... They, chemistry? The, yeah, chemistry. Chemistry. Isn't that and, like Canal Street? Chemistry. <laughs> um, and they're the barely together in that movie. But, you know, bang. Uh, you've got mail. Where is Meg these days? Uh, I don't know. She went what's... down some sort of strange rom-com black hole, disappeared. Um, I don't know. That's strange. M- Meg, if you're out there... She has done some films. Has she? In recent times, I think. Are you but, thinking uh, of Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Like, Meg's out there somewhere, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, my idea, you know, uh, the, the thing that I found difficult with this is I feel like you come up with the loose premise and then I don't really know what else there is to say it because the rest of it as you said would be the comedy and the relationships between each other and them bouncing off each other so my idea uh and i don't believe this has been done before but if it has write in and 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 let us know um but i was going to do an asexual romantic comedy okay so it is about an asexual couple uh Two people that I envisage this uh, sort of like uh, a postgraduate love story. So like still at university, but uh, a mature student going into academics, you know, working on your PhD. Yeah. Starter for 10 starring James McAvoy is a fantastic university set rom-com. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one to check out. Now, uh, my one stars uh, two girls. Uh, the first, uh, Lana, who... Now, I've got two actors in mind to play Lana. Um, I think Zoe Kazan could work quite well. Yes, yes. Who is in um, What If, the uh, Daniel Radcliffe rom-com, which is quite Yes, good. yeah, yeah. She's in a lot of good stuff as well. She's in uh, Ruby, Sparks, Ruby Sparks, I quite enjoyed. Good film. Uh, and she's also in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Right. Um, but she's a great lead, and I could see her doing... In fact, isn't she the lead in Monster? Yes, fantastic little horror we movie. We love that film. The creature design in that is is magnificent. Yeah, it's a great little uh, indie horror. Um, so she's sort of like a teaching assistant at the University of Pennsylvania. Ooh. Which is uh, Ivy League. Fancy. Okay. Uh, and I think that she would be studying uh, English literature because she's a she's a romantic at heart. Um, you know what I want to explore in this um, is obviously asexual relationships. So what that's about is uh, uh, relationships that are kind of um, void of lust, or at least have uh, less lust in them than most cinematic relationships. Right. Um, but that's not to say that they wouldn't have a lot of romance in them. So th- these are relationships where I feel like the, the, the romance is emphasised almost. So, and it's more than a friendship. It's an actual relationship. Yeah, totally. Um, at university, she meets Grace, who is played by Pearl Mackey. Do you know Pearl Mackey? She was uh, briefly the uh, doctor's assistant in Doctor Who. Bill. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. Bill. Uh, she's great. Um, she and- is. She's she's in this as well, um, and she's also asexual. Or I was toying with the idea of her being actually more uh, demisexual. Um, so the difference. I should probably explain asexuality. Yeah, because not not everyone listening at the will. top of my pitch. <laughs> That's what I should do. Yeah, because not everyone is um, as in the know as me. 
And I mean, I have to say as well, like I'm not fully in the know. I'm not asexual myself. So I might be speaking from uh, a place of arrogance. If you're asexual and I get anything wrong, write in, educate me. I'd love to learn. Yeah. Lynch him. Get him. <laughs> um, I'm not saying anything in this. <laughs> but I don't. Essentially, asexual people are people who have uh, less or no sexual attraction to other people. Uh, right. Now, they still have relationships, and some of them still have sexual relationships. Um, they can still feel sexual pleasure. It's just they might not feel sexual attraction to people. So, like, they might still feel great romantic involvement for someone, but that that doesn't necessarily awaken their sex drive. Um, and I think what an interesting... Um, I was about to say subject for a romantic comedy, but that sounds so scientific. Um, and the Demi that you went into as well. Oh, yes, I need to explain this one as well. Thank Please you, Please do for the audience. Uh, yeah, just for the audience. <laughs> yeah. Because you yeah. definitely know what it is, Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's something to do with Satanism, right? Yeah. Pl- no, please explain. It's... It- well, no, I mean, you could put it better, I'm sure. It's people that are sexually attracted to Demi Moore. Demi Moore, yes, yes. Well, sign me up. <laughs> I've seen striptease. Obviously, I am I am doing a joke there. Yes, yes. Uh, Sorry to offend any anyone, uh, particularly <laughs> anyone who likes Demi Moore. But, I mean, G.I. Jane, come on. Anyway, sorry. Uh, a demisexual is someone who, ha- who has less sexual attraction than a, than a, than I was about to say, a normal person, than a... Person than a cisgendered, heteronormative, white, middle class male person. And I'd just like to say, all that movie bong respect all um, people. (laughs) Now, Mike has to say that because he's cisgendered. As a trans person, I don't have to say that. I'm automatically okay and cool. Whereas you have to. Uh, qualify your existence every few days by saying, oh, I don't hate the gays. Well, yes, yes, as a white man <laughs> uh, uh, in my 30s. Whereas, you know, I could just uh, I could just go out to a bar. Yeah, and... as a white straight man in my 30s, uh, I do feel very, very um, just uh, like bullet, bullied, I'd say. Um, <laughs> actually, no, 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 I'm not going into this. I'm not going, I'm sorry. Oh, man, you're I, getting... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not one of those fucks. <laughs> okay, so welcome back to the Joe yeah. Rogan podcast. Yeah, no, uh, no, no. I was joking. <laughs> it was satire, like LA Story. Um, anyway, uh, so this uh, movie is about a relationship between Pearl Mackey and um, Zoe Kazan. Although I did think, um, are you aware, do you know Zosha Mamet? It's uh, David Mamet's daughter. Oh, she's, yeah. She's in Girls. The TV show Girls. Yeah, I haven't watched Girls. I have been tempted to watch it because Richard E. Grant's in it. <laughs> or like a few episodes once. She's very good and I'd like to see her in more stuff. And I could see her as the lead in this. Okay. As well. Um, yeah. Yeah, she interesting performer. Uh, anyway, um, what I quite like about this is obviously... Uh, I feel like there's more room to delve into the romance of a relationship rather than the sex and the lust. Um, yes. So I think that that could be quite fun, particularly um, the main character is an English literature student and she has like a huge love for Jane Austen. And I feel like she, well, she's just a very romantic person at heart um, and she's living in an overly sexualized world. Um, and I feel like we could get some interesting conflicts there. I thought she could have a best friend who was one of those loud gays. You've met the loud gays. You go to my gig in the village. I do uh, go to your every gig in month. the village. Uh, the Village Idiots, which is an LGBT comedy club in Manchester, uh, runs the last Tuesday of every month at Bar Pop. And it is gay, 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 gay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, and I, I quite like the idea of uh, our main character having this, um, this friend who is a very loud, gay, laddie man. Um, you know, because I feel like there's a constant um, juxtaposition in queer circles of people who are overly sexualized and of people who don't have much sex at all. Because obviously, um, queer circles, 
you tend to socialize in groups that are based on your like sexuality and gender, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're having sex all the time. Um, but some of some of some of the LGBT community definitely are, um, and I feel like you see that dichotomy most at Pride. Uh, I think there could be a scene in this film where you have. I would like to basically see an asexual experience depicted on film um, at Pride because Pride is a very sexual environment. There are people in mankinis, there are drag queens, there are crotches in every direction. And I would imagine that's a bit much for an asexual person. Yeah, it's a bit much for me. <laughs> I mean, you haven't had sex in so long, you're practically asexual. Yeah, 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 yeah. My virginity is definitely growing back. <laughs> you're you're kind of a, a practicing asexual well, in a lot of ways or am i belittling the asexual experience possibly yeah um i don't think they want me to be a part of them um i mean, you're had, you're much more of an incel i, I would imagine it well i mean I've had, no I, I, i've had two kids now i've just i've given up it's, yeah so that's like proof you're not an incel yeah 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 i've done the thing i've had the two kids i mean if anything out of us two you could well be the incel i mean <laughs> Um, so <laughs> I've had the two kids, they're my proof, you know, that's why I did it. I mean, no, I, I wanted the kids and I love them, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so really my, my idea is just sort of exploring uh, romantic relationships that we haven't really seen on film much before. Um, I think that we could get into some interesting drama in the movie where I think at one point in the film, uh, the lead characters do have sex with each other because they like each other and care for each other so much um, and are quite paranoid in an increasingly sexualized world that the other person secretly does want sex from them. And so they both engage in sex thinking it's what the other one wants. And that sort of leads to um, a crisis of confidence in their relationship um, where they both think that the other one wants sex when realistically they both actually want a uh, a monogamous relationship uh, without, you know, a, a sexual relationship. Yeah. Because, um, so so does this film all, is it all set around the, that kind of period? It's just because when you talk about the sort of university kind of thing, I think of the beginning of um, When Harry Met Sally. And When Harry Met Sally as a film sort of stretches its thing is that it stretches along and, and it visits the characters over years. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. a really interesting concept. And that really forms the relationship through that film and makes it one of the reasons why that film's so great. Um, so I, I see something a bit in there, but it just depends what so are you're you, going with it. are you suggesting we should make my movie more like Atonement? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> um, someone types the word cunt and, uh, and it all goes tits up. Um, that is literally what happens in that film. <laughs> That's the line. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, make it more like that. Put McAvoy in it. <laughs> well, um, McAvoy could play the boisterous gay. He could. I'd love to see him as a boisterous gay. He's done boisterous gay before, has he? He must have. If he hasn't, he should have. Um, I can't think of him as a gay. But he looks like a gay. He looks like a 90s gay. Uh, yeah, yeah. He looks like a queer as folk 90s gay. Yeah, he does. He does. Like all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even when he's <laughs> Professor X. Yeah. I was watching him last night on well, Soccer. Daddy X. <laughs> I, was watching, I was watching him last night on Soccer Aid. Um, where there was all celebrities and footballers playing. They had a big football. It was McAvoy. Yeah, McAvoy playing. was playing. Um, fucking, yeah. Cantona. There was McAvoy. There was some... Dick from Love Island, Piers Morgan, you know, they're all I there. Find, I find that mad that they've, they let Piers Morgan on that. You were telling me this last night. Piers Morgan is... He's, right, don't, because it just makes me angry. He completely milked the whole thing and he took it as his own victory because his team won. Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll put him in a film sometime. He could have been in my Nick Knowles movie from uh, the last <laughs> podcast, to be fair, because the whole cast of Top Gear were there, but although they don't get on. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was my film. Uh, once again, I'm um, flying the pride flag, just trying to crowbar in some sort of 
gender yeah. or sexuality that getting, I don't feel is rammed down your throat enough. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's getting a bit of a theme. But, uh, but you know, I'm ready to take it. Oh, not like that. Um, but, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to your rom-com yeah. starring Nick Knowles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Whoopi um, Goldberg. Who would direct this? Because, I mean, obviously we're talking mm. about uh, Rob Rayner, Harry Metzali, Nora Ephron. Um, yeah, I mean, this, to me, sounds quite Russell T. Davis. Yeah, I mean, I think Russell T. Davis could do this. And I would like to see him go over the pond and work, work on something transatlantic. I'd like to see him do Hollywood. One uh, person who jumps to mind with this, uh, who I really like, is Jim Rash. Who? Who he? Um, he's he plays the dean in Community, which is a TV show I love. Um, but he now I f- he does have like a writing and directing partner who I forget the name of. Um, but I'm pretty sure he made uh, The Way Way Back with Sam Rockwell. Oh, good old Sam. That's a, a good film. And I love Jim Rash. There's just something that has uh, a real, like, humanity that he brings to to movies. And uh, that's what this movie is about. It's about, you know, um, it's about relationships and romance rather than sex and danger. <laughs> yes, nice. Um, but, oh, I love a bit of sex and danger, <laughs> which my pitch has loads of. It's actually uh, the name of our double act. Sex and danger. Yeah. Which am I? Well, sex. I'm sex, obviously. No, I'm sex. What are you talking about? Your sex, your danger. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is arguably more sexy. But sex is arguably more dangerous. Yeah, you're you're what like like, you know, like disease, isn't that? Oh, dick rot. Oh no, I was I was thinking more like uh, I'll fuck you with a knife. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking raids. Right, that's um. Rom-coms. Uh, okay, we're back. It's uh, your turn to pitch, but I forgot to name my movie. Did you name the director? You did, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I named the director, yeah. but I didn't name the film, like the title of the film. Yes. So I've got a few ideas, and I just wanted to run these past you. Go. Um, so th- this is for my movie about two asexuals. Yes. I don't know if that's the collective term for asexuals, the plural. Are they asexuals? Is it like double A, like the battery? Oh, maybe it is. Um, so maybe that's the name of this film, double A. Um, You've got it! <laughs> I was thinking it could be called A Relationship. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, A Relationship. Or uh, it could be called Your Ace. Yeah. Because um, that's what asexuals... They're, yeah. they're aces. Yeah. In fact, that is more the term, isn't it? Aces. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, or you could call it, I think you're ace, or I think you're just ace. Yeah. Or you could call it Avengers Assemble. Yeah, or Avengers Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, that's good. Right, what have you got for me? Was Thanos asexual? No. Thanos? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's had got a daughter. he's had kids, but now, as we've established, asexual mm. people do have sex. Yeah. Um, maybe not as much as other people. Maybe not necessarily, though. Right. You know, you could be an asexual slut. Are you an asexual slut? I've got time Mike? to learn. Not that that being a slut is a negative yeah. thing. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Like that's totally cool if you're an asexual slut. In fact. I think if you're an asexual slut, that's very brave. Well yes. done, you. Braver than an Avenger. I think you should wear a badge. Yeah. But not a bad badge, like a Holocaust badge. Like yeah. a good badge, like a prefect badge. Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. Or an iron suit like Iron Man. So what's your film? Uh, I don't know anymore. Um, it's about superheroes. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so my film... Um, it was a hard one, as you said. Uh, I feel your pain because, like, originally I just wanted to have, like, a mad idea. Like, there's just films where there's, like, your unconventional weird rom-com. Like, uh, there's a film I should show you, which is close to my heart. It's a comedy rom-com horror um, called My Demon Lover. And it's uh-huh. about a guy, when he gets aroused, he turns into a demon. Um, <laughs> and it's a weird, weird film. But it's got some good practical effects in it, actually. Um, 
but it's very strange. Uh, and yeah, and so it's about him trying to have this romantic relationship, but he turns into a demon every so often. Um, uh, so, you know, you could do that, and then, uh, but no, I don't know, or maybe a guy and like an animal, but that's just bestiality, and I don't think anyone wants to see that in a rom-com. No. No, there's a film called Billy the Kid, a horror film, where um, a farmer fucks a goat and then uh, the goat has like this weird human-goat hybrid and then it comes back later to take revenge on the family that kicked oh, it out. Oh, no. Them all. It's a really disgusting film, but it's quite funny. Oh, but, it's put me right off my chips. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but, this, this, yeah, my wrong one's not like that. Um, so there's no goat fucking in yours? <sighs> So you can't say there's no goat <laughs> fucking in yours. Well, again, I still don't have the... Right, so there's some goat fucking no, in yours. No, no, no. Look, right, in that new... You don't seem sure. In that new British comedy festival by the guys did in between us or whatever, there's a fucking goat fucking scene in that. Really? Yes. There's an actual goat fucking scene in I it. I mean, I find that silly because I, I, I don't... Rem- like, I've been to a lot of festivals. I've not seen a goat. <laughs> At a festival. I've well, not seen a goat down Pyramid Stage. They stumble on a cult, and then there's, like, a ritual. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Don't mention that film again. It sounds terrible. I'll mention my film, which will be much better. Yeah, please do. We're five <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> So, um, I'm thinking, obviously, my king of the rom-coms, Richard Curtis. He's got a film coming out um, right soon, yesterday, about the Beatles. It's coming out yesterday? No, it's coming out in a couple of weeks. Danny Boyle directed it. I was doing a joke. Uh, Yeah. Oh, nice. It wasn't a good one. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Um, (laughs) uh, That's coming out, so this is timely. I want to make a sort of... um, he's, He's obviously king of doing the... The multi-strand character family rom-com. Yeah. Crazy Rich Asians is a bit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Love Actually. That's like the big blockbuster rom-com that he, you know, he really wrestled the genre there yeah. and, and handled so many tiny little stories. And whatever you think of that film, a lot of people think it's dog shit, but um, there are moments in it. Emma Thompson particularly. Um, Emma Thompson's been great in Richard Curtis' career. The tall guy with uh, Jeff Goldblum is very good. An early rom-com he did with Rowan Atkinson. But this one, my one, is like that. Sort of like Think Four Weddings and a Funeral, where it's sort of the film's in little chapters. And it's like, you know, because that film's great because it's like a wedding and then a wedding and a wedding wedding. Yeah. But this will be set around um, grim sort of orgies, right? So the sex world, swingers. Okay. Um. So, but I'm thinking I want... To make this a rom-com for the the not Hollywood attractive, the sort of an unattract, not not film attractive. You know what I mean? I want some uh, real people and real sort of sex orgies, but uh, love stories between and all the characters and all the friends. So think four weddings at a funeral. Think love actually. Um, but all these different characters entwining in just these, and over time, at these different depressing sex parties. So you're pitching a rom-com? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, y- yeah, four fuckfest and a fisting. <laughs> uh, if you will. Um, but it's not a porno. And I want to make that clear, this is not a porno. Dogging Hill. Well, I mean, the, look, it's there is a tiny subgenre of films like this where it's not, not quite a sex comedy, but it's not quite a rom-com. There is a film called Dogging the Movie, which is actually not that I, bad. I know, I've seen that, and you are right. It isn't bad. It's better than it should be. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and there's a film uh, called Swinging with the Finkles, uh, starring Martin Freeman and Angus Deaton, mm-hmm. um, which is not very good. Um, the the only time they sort of got it right was there's a film called The Good Old Fashioned Orgy, which is an American film, stars Lake Bell, who's in that uh, Man Up film I was talking about with Simon Pegg. And, um, yeah, so I'd like, but I'd like to make a sort of big Love Actually epic or Four Weddings sort of big comedy, but all set in these sort of different sex parties and different characters and different relationships forming within that. So when you say like a big uh, Richard Curtis type thing at these orgies, so are you suggesting like a very British orgy? Like, like, is it, does it have that, all of that tone and reserve of a Richard Curtis movie? 
Ah, well, that I think that that would be the easy option, and, and swinging like swinging with the Finkels and things that I just mentioned like that are a bit like that. So I don't know. I would like my lead possibly to be someone like Danny DeVito, or have Danny DeVito right. as this kind of character that brings people together. He's like Bob Grundy, and this is like me. So the Grundies are at the Grundies, and he has these like weird house parties. Where so is this an American movie? I think it's, I want to be like multi, like. You've got Danny DeVito. You've got Ewan Bremner from the Trainspotting films. He's like a journalist. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've got Shirley Henderson, who's Scottish as well, both from Trainspotting. They're in it. You've got Danny DeVito. You've got the girl from Precious. Right, okay. I just want I want a, a, a smorgasbord of real people. <laughs> Naked throughout the film. But this isn't a porno. I want real people. I mean, it's inspired a bit, but the Russell Brand t- wrote in, in his book or told a great story about going to this really depressing sex orgy where he just went into someone's house in a flat and it was all paper plates and there was like a little buffet and finger food. And, and so I want a bit like that. Right, but- so, so now your movie is based on... Russell Brand's a bookie work. <laughs> no, just 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 a, that a inspired book, the motion picture. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I'm sure that will fucking starring happen. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as Russell Brand. I'd love that. Yeah. If like Danny DeVito was like a little Russell Brand. Yeah. Yeah. He had like the wig on. No, I'm thinking. And he spoke like him as well. I'm thinking that um, you know uh, Danny DeVito plays Hal Grundy, and he's like the 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 godfather of these sex parties and, and he brings people together and he's like the, the master of love and he brings everyone all together but there's it's romantic there's different um you know there's diff- there might be like and there's like a, a, a gay best friend when they go to the gay um sort of sex parties they're a lot more exciting and a lot more fun than like grundy's ones <laughs> so, so so basically my movie is an asexual rom-com and yours is just a sexual rom-com Yes, um, I, I mean I'm I'm on the fence whether it should have sex in it, even real sex, or no well, sex at all. Oh, so 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 this movie about an orgy should have no sex in it at all. Well, that could be the thing. It could just be. It's like snapshots of conversations and people in these oh, okay. orgies, so, so and then bit, maybe you don't see any of the sex. A bit like. Um... You know, in You Were Never Really Here, the recent uh, movie with Wacky and Phoenix, uh, in that film, it tends to only show the consequences of violence. It doesn't show the violence as it happens. So it could do a similar thing in this. It, it, it doesn't show the pleasure happening, just the consequences of the pleasure. Yeah. Just an old lady with a bit of cum in her hair. Yeah, I've just realised it's quite similar. There's a romantic comedy a, a multi-character romantic comedy called Scenes of a Sexual Nature, mm. which is all set on Hampson Heath, and it's just about different people um, meeting up. And there's no real much sex in it at all. Yeah. Um, but it's called that. And so, similar to that, maybe. Um, but I just like the idea of uh, Danny DeVito being like this fun guy that everyone sort of meets, and he ends up bringing... Maybe he probably dies at the end, and it's quite sad. Fucking hell. Um... You know, you could have loads of people in it. I, I am a sucker for those big multi-sort of character rom-coms. You're sort of like, it's sort of like a, like a big sexy Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, but I don't want it to be sexy. I want it to be quite grimy. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe I'm just eager to do my Peter Stringfellow biopic that I've got building up. Who, who would play Peter? Ooh. Um, you know who would have been great? Who? Philip Seymour Hoffman. As Peter Stringfellow? Yeah. He's got the chops. I was thinking more Wolf from Gladiators. He looks quite like him. (laughs) No, or... or, uh, Wolf couldn't pull off highlights. No, who could play him? Jeffrey Rush. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I could see that, actually. Yeah. Well, we've got... Well, Freddie Starr would have been great. What, to play Peter Stringfellow? Yeah. Or to have a biopic of his life? No, to play Peter Stringfellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's dead, so... But I'm sure there'll be a film about Freddy as well. They probably feature in each other's movies anyway. Yeah, to catch a star. Yeah, that that kind of you know that that lot Spearmint Rhino. I mean, you can make a rom com set in Spearmint Rhino. I mean, I'm sure there are comedy sets set in strip clubs. I bet there are. Yeah. I bet they're not very good though. <laughs> no, I've seen. Uh, I bet wh- they're very road trippy. Yeah, yeah. I've seen werewolves versus strippers or whatever that is. Who won? 
Um, I think the <laughs> it audience... It was a tie. The audience won. The audience won? <laughs> yeah. I, I would have thought out of anyone, the audience would have lost in that <laughs> equation. <laughs> the viewing public won. Um, but yeah, so... Um, and Richard Curtis can direct my movie if he wants. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. I, I feel like we've kind of learned something a little bit this week, which is that rom-coms are a little bit trickier than you first <laughs> thought. Because we basically come and gone, I don't know, these, this. And it's difficult to yeah, uh, get I, into detail on it, isn't it? Yeah, I have just essentially jizzed over everything. Sorry. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, he, he actually has. <laughs> I mean, you... I know yeah, this is an audible so- experience for you, but it is a it is very much a visible and... Uh, I know, I am sorry. It was all that talk of <laughs> Peter me. Stringfellow. Um, yeah, but uh, I think both of our films will be rom-com hits. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to go and uh, watch some more films ready for next week's episode, which we're currently, we're considering doing a in fact tell the people mike what we're considering we're considering uh doing a uh freddy franchise bonanza as in the um nightmare on elm street movies yeah well our police academy episode did so well uh, and thank you so much for listening to that uh, if you haven't it's It'll do it. Um, but it uh, that did so well. We, we thought we'd give another franchise a go. And it just so happens that uh, I can't... Well, neither of us can really remember uh, watching all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah, so, I, c- I can remember one, three, and seven. I can um, remember bits of one and, and a bit three. of two. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you want to do... There are seven movies. It could. I mean, the Police Academy one took longer than we hoped. I know, uh, right? So this could trip us up, but we might be able to bang them out. Well, you know what? Let's let's get on with it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go and let's go and do battle with the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. The problem with watching that, though, it's all about falling asleep and going into dreams and getting killed and that. And I might fall asleep. You do fall asleep a lot at films. So I better stay away because I might die in my dreams. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, rom coms. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye.